Guru Nation, thank you so much for listening to another episode of Random Musings from the Clinical Trials Guru. It really means a lot to me. If you haven't subscribed, please do so. Thank you so much. Leave a review. I wanted to also thank my sponsors who make this show possible. The first one is Viva Sight Vault. Absolutely free. By the way, links to all of this stuff is in the show notes. Viva Sight Vault. If you are a site and you wanted to dip your toe into going digital and for e-reg and to start messing around with e-signatures, this is the way to go. They are the biggest name in our industry from a tech vendor standpoint. They're site-centric. They make this easy for us, guys and gals. And it's absolutely free. Sites.viva.com. Check it out. I use it. I also use Versatrail, which is my next sponsor. Versatrail has made my life so easy as a coordinator from an organization standpoint. Links to all these portals are in one easy place. You can literally link to anything you can think of, whether it's a protocol or it's the latest informed consent form or it's the IRT or it's the vendor to upload this or the other vendor to upload that. It's all there in one easy place. Not to mention, they do a lot on the feasibility side, which makes feasibility surveys a breeze. Check it out. This is a company that is going places. Versatrail. My next sponsor is Creo. I've been using Creo for years. They are eSource and eReg and CTMS and patient database and eConsent and so many more other things. And while they are not free, I definitely think it is worth the price for what you are getting. It has streamlined my research studies and my site, and I got all my coordinators trained on it, and I could not picture running my site without Creo. So check it out. Link in the show note. Finally, Inato, a free service for business development. Go figure. Link in the show note. It makes figuring out what studies you want easier. It makes figuring out what you're going to get if you accept the study super simple. And it really streamlines the process for knowing what's out there on the market. You can use it for as many investigators as you have. And again, it's absolutely free in Nato. Also in the show notes are links to the businesses I own, specifically DSCS, where we help sites get studies, do their contracts, help you with surveys, anything else you can think of, a shoulder to cry on, low monthly fee. And then we have the CRA, CRC Academies, and everything else live 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 and we're live guys and gals thank you so much happy friday doesn't feel like friday for some reason but it's friday and um hopefully you're watching somewhere nice somewhere pleasant somewhere cozy maybe at the site hopefully it's all of those things for you we've got dr daniel fox this man really needs no introduction but he's more than just a great podcast host and a great co-host for Brad mainly and myself here and there. And a, he's been running point guard on SOS conference, uh, CRPN, so many things. Land of Link, he's got a startup mm-hmm. research company. He goes on other people's webinars like, you know, 
<laughs> he does the things like sacrifices that we should be doing. But thank you, Dr. Fox, for doing it for us, man, no for problem. SOS Conference. Happy to help. Uh, and he wrote this book. This is what we're going to focus on today because a lot of you guys know Dr. Fox, but you don't know his career. So he wrote this book, Live Like a Career Cowboy, How to Successfully Navigate the Great Professional Frontier. Here's proof that he wrote it. A younger Dr. Fox, beardless. Beardless. Beardless yep. Dr. Back Fox. Back in the day, man. Baby Fox right there. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so Dr. Fox, I'm going to hold this book up a lot. Um, why did you write this? What I feel like your career somewhat tumultuous maybe in our industry. It was tricky. Yeah. I uh, so you're gonna have, we have to go back a little bit. I don't want to go all the way back, but um, I just graduated from uh, my postdoc, and I gave up my academic career to go into industry. I took on a job as a general manager of a pharmaceutical company. I uprooted my family. We moved all the way from the Midwest to New Jersey, and we started a new life. And I was the program manager of a small biotech. I was writing the patents. I was doing all the CMC. I was doing everything. Really? Last, yeah. yeah. Uh, Even it, I didn't know this. Yeah, so you so, worked at the small sponsor level. I, yeah. Yeah. We, it was startup. Like, you know, wow. a garage and two ideas and a patent. And that's about where we Whose started. idea? Was, were there like a scientist involved or you were involved yep. in the idea? It was the technology for my postdoc. All of that hearing protection. Your own postdoc. Mm -hmm. yep. So I converted my postdoc into a gener general manager position at a small biotech where we were going to translate this technology because we had it. I mean, we were auditing military sites. We had a clinical trial going. We had it all going as a phase three trial. So Can we you were... talk a little about what it was, the technology. Uh, well, yeah, probably by now, but there's, <laughs> it was a tech, it was a, an antioxidant based technology designed to protect hearing from hearing insults, meaning like uh, noise, obviously with the military, but also like cisplatin, like chemotherapy. I mean, it, tear, it tears up your ears and so do aminoglycosides, really you know, nasty antibiotics designed for like cystic fibrosis and a lot of the, the things like that. I know a lot of people, even some med school students we used to work with the gentamicin poisoning, they lost hearing in their ear. For Just, tinnitus too? Did it have applications for yep, tinnitus? Yep. I know a bunch of construction workers. A lot of like, tinnitus. Imagine construction worker yeah. guys that have tinnitus and no no treatments for it. Yeah. So imagine a imagine a future where you're like, oh crap, I was just exposed to nasty noise, whether it's the loudest concert ever, or gunfire, or fireworks, or explosion. Imagine a world where you could literally take a supplement and, and protect your hearing long term. And, so like prophylaxis. Yeah, prophylaxis yeah. or rescue. It could be or rescue. Yeah, could have been either. Interesting. But, and it was working. It was doing well. Um, there were some translational challenges that we ran into and the company folded. They just, you know, we're done. We're not doing this. It was literally the first day Bree, my wife was in New Jersey with me. We just spent the whole weekend and Labor Day moving from Illinois to New Jersey. I just went to work and the meeting at work, I had to come home the day she first day she was at the house. In New Jersey, I had to come home and say, the company's closing. I'm sorry. We already wow. sold the house. We already uprooted. She already quit her job. Do you we guys have kids yet at this point? We had both of them. Yeah. Wow. We had two kids. 
Juan was one was young. We didn't know she was sick yet. We, she, we didn't know she had that. She's too small. But the other one, she was like three. And so here you are. I get here. I am a scientist who literally just gave up everything for this dream, and then this dream just evaporated in front of me. Wow. And I'm faced with this problem. And so that's kind of where it began because then it's like, okay, got to hit the jag market. I got to take care of my family. I've got to do so this. So you were thing. always like entrepreneur minded. And yeah. then when that kind of the first time it failed, you're like, all right, I got to get practical. I got a family. Mm-hmm. I just uprooted my family. This. I can't do two failures in a row right now. I can't I afford do. another move back home. So that's even worse. So now the seeds for this book started getting planted. Yep. That's Did you find it, it harder? Because I've never, I've never, thank God, you know, had to navigate career. Like I've always worked for myself, but like, I feel like there's, because I know when I interview people mm-hmm. and there's somebody who has a small business, I kind of think, all right, well, I know what entrepreneurs are like. I don't know if I necessarily want them to work for me because <laughs> they, they lose interest quick and move on or they get an idea and then go do something else. Did you have a hard time? getting a job after working for yourself yeah so well and that's where that's so the reason why i brought up new jersey it was literally one of the lowest points of my life where i was dependent on this technology i was doing all of this i had some decent experience but i could not get a job i applied okay, just to give us a framework what what around what year was this 20 oh trump was just elected if that helps Wow, not that long ago. I remember we were Dr. in New Jersey. Fox. We were in New Jersey. We woke up the morning that Trump was elected, and, and I remember that day. So, wow, was, yeah, okay. So, if it puts that into perspective, so yeah. that's that was New Jersey. That was terrible. Six months, nothing. I made my own board game during that time because so you didn't decide to move back Midwest. You say, you know couldn't. what, we moved here. Let's just stay here. We, we couldn't afford to move back. We didn't have the money and we didn't have a house. We didn't have anywhere to go. But you were in like kind of big pharma land. Exactly. So one of the things I found was in the late 90s, the big pharma groups, especially in that New Jersey corridor, uh, laid off everyone. They, they downsized, they stopped making things internal, and they started hiring everyone as needed as consultants which means it was really saturated for biotech, but it was so saturated with a bunch of consultants that were really experienced. There was no way you could get in the, in the industry there. No way. Wow. So what happened was, I, okay, not New Jersey, so let's just start expanding and expanding. We started expanding our search. And the frustrated scientist in me said, you know what, this is ridiculous. It's like, I feel like I've been thrown into the deep end. There's no help. There's nothing here to to take care of us. It's like, did you have a LinkedIn or were you networking then? I had a LinkedIn. I didn't really t- push Cause it. Cause now you're Mr. Networker. Oh man. yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. I mean, you learn your lessons, man. You, that's, that's what keeps you. So going. were you not like your networking muscle was weak back then or. I had some connections from there, but it wasn't nearly as, as front facing as I am now. But I was actually in that position where it was like the shotgun applications, you know, apply, apply. I was, you remember that <laughs> podcast we are talking about? Yeah, I was yeah. there. Spray and then, spray. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then it was like, everything was a rejection. It just felt like I was wasting my time. 
And there were some points. There were some. What kind of jobs were you applying for, though? Were you like applying over your, like, were you punching up or were you punching down or just all over the place? I was just trying to find equivalent. I had to at least have something to pay the bills. Yeah. I I had postdoc general manager project management experience. That's where I was targeting. And I was diversifying a little bit, going into technical writing and regulatory and just trying to find branch that i could get somewhere and you had a phd at this point yeah. too so you oh, yeah. had the whole like i had the am i overqualified thing right yep. like did and, you apply you as into that. you run into that we don't want to hire a phd because you're just going to quit in six months that, right that was, i was going to say yeah. like coordinator right like yep i would ask that too if i were an employer and i didn't know you hey it's great you have a phd we could use a raider but like how long you plan to be here mm-hmm. you know we're gonna pay you we're going to like escalate your payment quick, but we're still a small site. Like we, we can't afford PhD right now. If you grow with us, maybe, but or did you run into that a lot or mm-hmm. you didn't really go to yeah. the site level? Yeah. Uh, I call it the invisible carrot and it's pretty much just, Hey, you know, make some sacrifice, be with us a little bit and then you might get paid what you're worth eventually. Right. Right. Uh, and in fairness to the site, a lot of them do try. Like, but it's just they it do. takes a while to get I do revenue going. And then it's like I'm living in New Jersey. I have a wife with two kids. Wife's unemployed. Then I have to make enough money to take, make the family. How can I come up to an employer and expect them to take care of my family? No. And the no. cost of living is not exactly cheap in Jersey compared to Midwest. No. no, we're about 90 minutes out from New York City. So like, where a lot of the rich people who work in New York City, that's where they live. So like there was a lot of money there and it was hard. Man. It was hard. So what ended up happening was it took me six months. I, we, we had some passion projects. We did a Christmas board game. We did all that. But finally, I finally got a job. Finally in California. How long did this take? <laughs> How long? Did this take? Uh, I was, I, they let me go in September of was it 2017 maybe. And then I got the job. I started in California in the beginning of January. It was a really rough fall. Wow. It was a really, it was a really humbling fall. And I have to say, shout out to the New Jersey folks. There were some major community efforts in New Jersey to take care of people who were in trouble. There were a lot of people who were losing their jobs at that time. And they had a really good infrastructure, a community infrastructure, nonprofit. They took care of us. That was probably one of the most humbling Christmases I remember because like people, you know, you got a guy who lost his job, a wife with two kids. One kid is probably not doing very well there were people who took care of us and i'll never forget the kindness that was given to us at that point it was amazing so was that why you're like so passionate each time we talk privately you bring up a lot nonprofits and things mm -hmm. like that is must have had a lot to do with it yeah it did there's it's amazing what nonprofits are doing right now for uh, our community and i don't think some of our community realizes what would be falling through the cracks if it weren't for the nonprofits. it's amazing how many people are being helped so california called cross country what what california job was called. it it was a project manager at catalan catalan the v catalan the logistics yeah. company that does well, catalan is like straight stuff. up manufacturing we made the tablets and the capsules and shipped yep. them to the clinical sites i used and to I own was... some catalan stock i thought oh, it yeah. was like a good way to like yeah. a safe way to play the clinical research market yeah the fully vested catalan in san diego so we lived in san diego and it's funny when you're in new jersey <laughs> and you're looking looking for a place to live in a pinch from new jersey <laughs> in california you said up oh, 20 miles that's not too bad 
that's not too bad at all. <laughs> yeah, that was a. Uh, you might have found the only place more expensive than where you currently were. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, it was reasonable. That, that's the thing. Should have known right. better, right? So it's like, this is pretty reasonable. 20 miles away. I could do that. Yeah, a 20 mile. 20, 20 mile off from San Diego. Yeah. So yeah, it but over been, there, it's like hour. could be an hour commute. Well, it, it was three hours total every day. If you get up really early and leave really late, that's one hour in and then two mm. hours home. Is this when you lived in Hakumba? The uh, Hamul. Oh, Hamul. Hamul. Yeah, lived in Hamul. Wow. Commuted three hours daily on you know all of the highways and that uh, was that was a. This was before uh, work from home. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and I, at that time, I had this huge truck, really, really big, inefficient truck. Really, a lot of gas every single day. But uh, I can back, see you as a pickup guy. I a big old Dodge Ram, you know. Probably oh my like, man, that's what I like too. Like eight miles to the gallon. Yep, yep. Big old truck, and it sucked the gas down, but we made it work. So yeah, California had some really big challenges. That's when uh, my daughter Violet got her diagnosis. That's when a lot of things happened. There was a point where she got her diagnosis. We realized Bree couldn't work, so I had to go get another job. I had to try to find more money to survive. So I left the job that I had at Catalan. I went to another job. I'm not going to say this job because it didn't work out very well. But uh, they kept me on long. There it was a foreign job. They kept me on long enough to rewrite all of their SOPs in English. And then the day before probation, let me go and kept all that. The day before. So they basically took you for the IP for free. And then let me go when they did, <clears throat> then as, on the very last minute. So, so you left a safe like Catalan right, mm -hmm. for someone who promised more money, mm -hmm. I'm guessing, right? And they said, okay, probation period. So after probation period, we'll pay you more. Yep. And right before the day before, yep, they said, peace out. So you, after you gave them all the value. Mm -hmm. Yep. So they took everything from me, gave me what I call the invis invisible carrot. And then as soon as they could let me go at the very last minute, they did. So how are you not jaded from all this stuff, man? Like, how are you not? Part of you it. you consider yourself a realist or are you still an optimist? Oh, very optimist. Very optimist. But I'm a, I guess you could call it a protective optimist. Yeah. It's like kind of like I know the best though, you're conservative, you know, I'm mm -hmm. like, let's go, let's go. You're like, no, no, look, like, let's, let's look at the budget. You're like yeah. Chris. You're like Chris. Yeah, just, you know, we'll, we'll, <laughs> we will do what we have with the resources we have. But putting yeah. our necks out on the line, I mean, it's high risk, high reward. It could work. But why? Why risk it? I mean, the support's there. Just let the support build up and use what we have. Uh, so what happened is New Jersey was like the bottom out point. Worst ever. Lowest point ever. Wow. And when I got into Catalan and I started looking for jobs, that's when I utilized my experience from that worst point ever. And I weaved in my experience at Catalan into what you're seeing in that book. Right. Um, so in that book, there's a lot of theories behind it, but it it's comparative to a cowboy. Cowboys in the West, they, uh, they, they traveled light, right? They kind of win, they did a job, resourceful they were very resourceful and when that job was done when the work was gone 
they just pack up their horse and move on to the next ranch. Did you ever regret leaving Catalan? Uh, sometimes I could have done well there. I don't think, I don't think that I could have survived very well at Catalan with my family situation at the time. I see. Just the pay. You can't, yeah. you couldn't overcome you can't, that. I mean, it's San Diego. One person working, you have to earn a little bit Did more Did you try money. to have those conversations with HR? Like, hey, look, oh, yeah. like I really yeah. need, I need, were they to trying that. to work with you or like? Nah, it was a more invisible carrot things. We'll do what we can. We'll see what we can do, but there's a lot of there's a lot of other politics behind that one um that... if you had to do it over again dr fox i know these are like tough <laughs> to answer would you have gotten the phd or would you have Ooh. gone like coordinator route if you would have asked me that two years after earning my phd i would have been jaded be like this right. thing's worthless i it's not getting me the job that i was hoping for you had this feeling of entitlement you're like, I worked hard. I sacrificed. I've been in poverty for most of my adult life. I deserve this salary. And looking back, now that I'm a little bit further along and I have the experience starting to gain up with the PhD, yeah, I'm glad I got it. Long-term is worth it. No, Long-term but... is worth it. Short-term, you got to sacrifice a lot. And even when you feel like you've sacrificed enough, it's still not enough because you don't know what it takes to really get to that other point, that level. So after this job that super shady, not Catalan, but the other one that you won't mention, shady, took your thoughts, took your knowledge and let you go right at the last day. Mm-hmm. What was next? Like you're now you're in San Diego. Your wife must be like, yep. what the hell, man? What, <laughs> what are we doing? So, number one is this is the coolest story is we, keep in mind. We did this a couple times already. So I have a three hour commute home. And so, then, of course, they do the token HR walk you out thing uh, at the shady place. And uh, I get in the truck. I just kind of rest my mind for a minute. And I give Bree a call. And I said, okay, here we go. I lost my job. Let's do it. Wow. And it was like a switch, man. We were ready. It was. We had a backup budget. By the time I got home, she already had... 10 job applications ready for me to apply for. We had a new budget that we were going to follow. It was like, we were ready. We knew exactly what to do and exactly how to do it. And it was at that point in time right there where after I had that shady company, let me go. I was like, you know what? I ran into something that could help people. My goal, what I want to do is I want to write a book where it's a short read and if you get very let go, short, very short, the whole point is that's like your break glass book. Let's say someone walks you out on a Friday, you pick up that book, you read it, and you're back on track within a week. And in a week. That's, that's the whole point. It, it helps you to rethink how the job cycle occurs in our society. It helps you to organize your thoughts and your applications to a point where you can just get up and go. And of course, Mr. Clinical Research in me, I broke it down into phases, just like clinical trials. You'll see like, that's the whole point. The number one thing that everyone hates hearing when you're on the job hunt is, so how's the job hunt? How's the job search going? I hate that question because how are you going to answer it? Mm. I mean, there's no really good way to answer it unless you say, hey, I got a job. It's like, it's it hurts. 
it hurts. Yeah, yeah. So why not bin it? Why not dissociate yourself from the pain of not having a job and just turn it into a clinical trial? So put your job applications into phases, just like a clinical trial. So instead of saying, oh, you know, I got this one with this company and this, no, dissociate it. I have, I, I submitted 10 phase ones this week. I've got a phase two and the next wow. week I've got a phase three. Did Bang. you like split test your resume? Like here's this version, here's this version. Oh yeah. Yeah. Many, many different resume types, depending on the resume, depending on the job you're going to search for. And I collected metrics, of course. Again, the scientist in me. So that's we talked about this at the podcast, but over the course of 18 months, and keep in mind, do the math there, 18 months. I was I started this experiment when I was at Catalan. I see. Over the course of 18 months, I applied to almost 400 jobs. And I started doing it not to get the job, but just to analyze the job process, the cycle. What are these people going to talk to me about? What questions are they going to ask me? What's their timeline? When do they respond to me? Were you LinkedIn stalking yet or no? Not yet. I I didn't really touch LinkedIn until I was later on. Yeah, you were not on my radar until like 2021. No, but I was was straight up. I, I wouldn't say I was trolling the HR people, but I was definitely keeping tabs on them. And how the, like your email or phone or how just tracking their behaviors. It's kind of like pre-packed scores. Right. But like if, if I got a, a, a request for a job interview, that's when it started. How long does it take them to respond to me? When do they do all of this? But importantly is if you can take the personal part out of the job search and you can turn it into something far greater, you're going to be more successful. Because kind of like in this, the career cowboy book, you don't take it personally. It's, it's a lot of people do that. A lot of Mm -hmm. people take it personally and say when, when a rejection is normal, guys, I tell people all the time, I make these videos. If I were to apply right now, everyone thinks like I'm on this high level, like, oh, he can get any job he wants. It's not true. (laughs) That's the biggest fear. That's, that's my biggest – what if I have to go look for a job? People are going to be finding me all over LinkedIn. It's no, but let, very, let's yeah. assume we live in a vacuum just with my 18 years of experience. Mm-hmm. Like forget YouTube and just – I'm not known. I can apply to 10 jobs. Probably seven will ignore me. I might get three interviews. So what do you do? Like if you have less experience than that, what? why are you going to be so hard on yourself when you're getting rejections? If – even people at the most experienced level are getting over 50% rejection rates. It doesn't mean you're not good. It just means that company saw someone else. It's nothing personal. Mm-hmm. But people get hung up on that. And then they're like, ah, I applied to 10 jobs. I didn't hear back from any. I'm done. You know, I, I quit. Well, okay. There's one thing that you cannot control in this cycle. Uh, that you cannot control who else is applying for that job. That's out of your control. That's right. Which means that if you didn't get the job, it didn't happen. Someone else got it because they were better than you. Then get better. Right. So it's, it's there. And and the statistics are, are very spot on. Odds are, if you didn't hear from something, if you didn't hear about a job in two weeks, you're not it. 
Mm-hmm. So stop lingering. Same thing the as the one. timing. I can't tell you how many times in my career is somebody interviewing coordinators. I mm-hmm. just hired someone, and a week or two later, a very good candidate applies. But I got to be loyal to who I already hired. I'm, yeah. Hey, you know what? Timing was terrible. You're a great guy. <laughs> I would hire you, but I can't. I already hired. I spent my budget. Try again in like three months, six months. Yep. But I know, I know you would get a job quicker than that. So good luck. You know, timing, guys. It doesn't. Why? Why would anyone take that personally? But people do. They do very much so. And I think looking back, like looking back at New Jersey, we are raised to a point where we have this sense of expectation or entitlement from employers. It's you, it's your job to pay me and to give me benefits. And it's, it's, you know, I am allowed to depend on you. And I think that we as a society have this really weird notion that what do you do? You go through school, you grow up, you get a job, you work for someone and they pay you and they take care of you. And it's, you've seen this dissolve and degrade very rapidly, especially since COVID, but it's happened since the eighties. I had an uncle who worked for Chrysler. He worked for Chrysler for 30 years, six months before he was going to retire. They let him go and took his pension. So, and <laughs> that happened, that happened in the nineties, but you know, ever since the eighties, there's always been this whole, I mean, and you've heard it from so many people. I've worked for this company for 30 years. Yeah, 10 they years. owe me. <laughs> they owe, No, they don't. They gave you a paycheck That's every right. two weeks, like clockwork. You got paid for the work you did. They owe you nothing. They owe this you is nothing. an at-will nation. And kind of like you'll read in the book, it says, we as an industry, you know, it's it's kind of like looking at your employer and saying, you know what? <laughs> It's your choice to employ me. And it's also my choice to work for you. And it's well within both of our rights where if something doesn't work out, we move on and we go to the next thing. And that's okay. It's kind of like a level of acceptance to what's actually happening in the world. It's another way of kind of breaking that whole notion of, you know, employer, job, they owe me for what I do for them. That's just really weird. Like it just doesn't happen like that. And, and nobody's it, talking about it. If this next decade going forward as technology is advancing, it's going to be quicker, guys. It's going to be you, quicker. You've got it like entitlement doesn't work nope. anymore. That's nope. not a strategy. So be uh, treat yourself like a career cowboy. Don't be afraid to move around. Cora Don't says be afraid. she's loving the true scientist like a scientist. It's the first time I heard that too. Like said, yeah. like, making this like your own clinical trial. Yep. You know, so, okay. We're at like kind of still at the low point. now. you just, mm-hmm. could, they walked you out. The shady company walked you out with a box, making yep. sure you don't steal anything, which is ironic because they stole your knowledge. Basically yep. pretty much. They just so protect their interests. Your wife seems like super supportive, has 10 jobs ready for you when you get home, got a budget figured out. So what's next now? What, like you said 18 months between Catalan and the next one? No, no. It was an 18-month journey to collect data. So that, ah, was, okay, that okay. was through Catalan. Okay. No, so then what happened was by then we knew what to do. 
And so we knew how to organize the jobs. We knew how to do everything. And that's when the book content started being created, when I actually knew what to do. And that's when I thought, you know what? I need to write this down. I wonder if this can help people because what I'm going through right now, I'll bet you that everything that I went through from New Jersey and through all these jobs, it could, I mean, these, this is advice that could really get people on track. How many people do you know who've been let go of a job and have just been completely derailed for the rest of their life? Mm-hmm. It happens. So the mm-hmm. sooner you get back on track, the more productive you can become in your career. So to have that organization is very helpful. So the moral of the book, basically, from what I'm hearing, is don't give up. Like, be persistent. Figure out ways to mm-hmm. trick your mind into just being persistent and keeping you going. Mm-hmm. Yep. Actually, I haven't I haven't created it yet, but one of the funny ideas we had was um, I wanted to create uh, a piece of wall art that would convert into a box. You told me this. The yeah. bug out box. Mm-hmm. put your bug out box hang that up in your office and you look at that every day and you're like yeah i've got an out i know <laughs> that you know if anything ever happened it's right there i'll just grab the box and i'll walk out and i'll be okay you can even you use this be- if you're self-employed guys you have business yeah. partners that tell you hey we gotta do take it. a hike <laughs> yep do it you have to be able to adapt the moral of the story one stop depending on your employers they mm-hmm. owe you nothing and you owe them nothing, and that's okay. That's how the world's going. And if you're going to do that, you better be prepared to take care of yourself in a, in a number of ways. And that's what the book talks about that. Not so, only how how to organize your, your job application, but also what to do when you have a job and how to be ready for it. So what, what was next like for you? And did you ever like spam people like, Hey, hire me, hire me, hire me, hire me. Was that like your strategy? Um, by then I was more focused on the <laughs> metrics. Hmm. I got to the point where I would ask and, Oh, you're going to love this. So let's uh, see. They walked me out in September. So September. So then I, another, another really bad fall, right? <laughs> we we're all strapped. We're doing all this stuff, but we knew what we were doing. I remember the weekend of Thanksgiving of that fall i was asked to fly four times to an interview within a two week within a two week period four times and by then we knew we wanted to get closer to the midwest but by thanksgiving four times by the first week of december i had four job offers i had to choose from four i mean it was all in the all in the midwest or yep Yep. Uh, yes. So obviously we're here in Illinois. So I had an offer in Illinois. I had an offer in Missouri and Texas and in South Carolina. Do you think that's a combination of your experience? You started adding up and your resiliency or which one? Like, do you think weighed more on the experience helped? I think what it was, was the organization of applications, which allowed me to efficiently and effectively apply for jobs. And that's the key is, and that's when I started honing in on the resumes and understanding things. And, and I, I looked for mentors. I asked them, Hey, what, can I see your resume? Can you show me your resume? The people I wanted to be like, how'd you find these people on LinkedIn? A lot of them through my work at that point. So I you weren't LinkedIn. using LinkedIn yet, like heavy, like you are now. No, I, no so wonder in, I didn't know you till like 2021. I think in 2019, I had 99 LinkedIn followers. 20, I had 99. 
And I had 99 LinkedIn followers for like four or five years. Now you're into thousands. I just hit over 2,500. So 2,560, I think. Yeah. Really quick too. It's getting there. I mean, it's not 30,000, but you know. So you took, you took, uh, is that what I meant? I I don't know. You're at 28. You're at 28. Brad's at like 21. I know my YouTube numbers. I don't know LinkedIn. YouTube, I'm almost at 30. I'm at 29K. I watched YouTube. Yeah. Anyone LinkedIn, out there listening, no can you do a quick yeah, look up? Like How many followers I actually don't know right now. Okay, so <laughs> the Midwest, you had four, and which one? You, you chose site one, I'm guessing. We, we chose the one that was in the hometown because of our family situation. And that, then you became, what, a coordinator, a site director? What was it? I was a site director. From day one? Mm-hmm. Yep. So this, these people, were they, was it a big organization, small business? It was a, a middle-sized physician private practice. And they were looking for someone like you. Hey, we need a leader. Yep. We're yep. tired of managing this clinic. It was. Well, and here's the funny thing. And you want to talk about, I don't know how this works out, but the job for what I took in Illinois was posted the same exact day that I lost my job in San Diego, September. Wow. Wow. September 15th, I think. So it was kind of like a weird fate thing. Like, dude, I literally wow. just quit my job and the same exact job was posted the day I quit. Wow. It was weird. Was it uh so within September, so you said Thanksgiving. So December you got this new job mm-hmm. you were starting. Yep. Got the job started, I think early January. Okay. Uh no, my first day was December 31st. Happy New Year. <laughs> Happy New Year, everyone. Let's go back to Illinois. <laughs> So, so running the site, you've done that until recently, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, well, I ran the site for about four years. So that was your most uh, stable job you've had. Yeah. So. Most stable job, did it did okay. But again, I was on the Catalan side. I was on the startup side. I was on the sponsor side. You're I knew how things were side. supposed to go. And then I'm at the site and I'm like, what the heck's going on here? And, and that's when all the ideas that now are manifesting with SOS, with CRPN, yeah. with it Land all of LinkedIn. Came to it all came together. Once I started, and that's when I started LinkedIn, I started seeing the other people. I'm like, I'm not the only one. This isn't just an Illinois thing. This is like an industry thing. And I really had to start thinking about it. I'm like, maybe I have this combination of experiences that could help to raise this industry up, help these sites, not just my site, but when you sell, when you help every site, you're literally helping every patient. Do you think you're better? You're young, so it's hard to answer. And you're just like me, work in progress. We all are works in progress. Do you think you're a better entrepreneur or a better employee? (laughs) Brie tells me, (laughs) and she's she's here. We have an office now together. But Brie tells me that I will only be happy if I work for myself. So I think that the entrepreneur way, that, that's why I was telling you, I'm, I'm scared to death. If something doesn't work and I have to look for a job, I'm scared to death because it's going to Does be SOS really... make you nervous? Yeah. No. Because no. confident. I like how I really like the, and I think I posted something like that today, but I really like how the people who have founded SOS are not like investors. They're truly passionate about the industry. Yeah. Like, and he, like, Making money is like literally an afterthought for us. Yeah. Like we just yeah, want this to take off. We're like, right, right now, it's just I want to have enough money to pay the bills. Yeah. And if and honestly, if 
if any money comes to me as a result of SOS, guess where it's going? Right back into it. <laughs> right back into CRPN, right back into Lana Lincoln. It's mm-hmm. not like I'm filling my pockets. I'm literally reinvesting in my community. Are you worried <clears throat> that so after the four year stable job, right? And I knew you at this point when you were still working and I, I knew you towards the end of this now. Mm-hmm. So I know kind of what you were thinking, but do you want to get into like why you decided to leave or is too soon for that to discuss? I was put into an ethical situation with a superpower PI who pretty much ran the company. Um, and I found that if this PI was ever found legally to do this, then it would be me on the hook because I was the director and there's nothing I could do about it. So I had to make a very ethical choice that was painful financially. Uh, we were not ready for this, but so you needed to leave this job. Like you needed a hole in your head. Yeah. We, it's not like I just woke up one day and said, screw this. I'm out. I don't need you. Yeah. I still needed them, but this is the time where I was sleep driving. (laughs) I was so stressed. Uh, Sleep driving. I was getting a lot of health problems as a result. I'm just like, this isn't worth it. And if this goes to the, where I think it's going to go, it's really not going to be worth it. So what was it? Cause this was pre save our sites, SOS, us fly girl, SOS, the save our sites conference. Check it out. Um, it's also it's, SOS is a movement. It's not just a conference. It's yeah. a movement, but it's starting with a conference. Mm-hmm. What was it that gave you the confidence to say, you know what? It's never going to be the perfect time for me to like go all in, but I might as well do it now. Was it CRPN? Was it land of Lincoln? Was it SOS? Or we haven't really decided SOS yet, right? So it must have been either CRPN or <clears throat> Land of Lincoln at this point. So CRPN, uh, Land of Lincoln was like fresh, super fresh. Like yeah, I was I was writing the SOP. That's manual. probably the riskiest one too because I it know is. what it's like to start a site. It it's is. like it's gonna not it's gonna easy take money. the longest. Yeah, CRPN. We had like one one regular person asking us for help. I mean the. The network itself was growing. We were starting to connect sites to opportunities, but it wasn't there. I admittedly, it was a really nasty meeting with this really nasty doctor. And just this switch that flipped that said, you know, you have to have faith. You have to know that you're doing the right thing here. Uh, was he there even... the whole time you were there or was he new? Yeah. Yeah. He was, he was, he was there. there. Yeah. He's, he's trying to do things that uh, I, I don't know if it's, I know it's not going to be right, but I don't want to be a That's part of it. Yeah. But it, I mean, it hurt. It hurt everyone. There's, 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 there's still fear even now. I mean, there's still fear. It's still very young, but simultaneously, <clears throat> because I'm trying to, like, I told you when I first met you, man, you came out of nowhere on my feed. <laughs> like, yeah, I first saw you on Brad's note to file, and I'm like, all right, well, Brad gets like random people on all the time. So, all right. And then you were on someone else, and then you were on someone, and I kept hearing your name, Fox, 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 Fox. People were telling me, hey, you got to like talk to Dr. Fox. I'm like, okay, what, who is this guy? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then I had talked to you, and you're like, really cool, man. You had a really interesting story. A lot. There's a lot to your story than just what we're talking today. We did a full podcast on the more personal things in your mm-hmm. life. Um, is this when you were start like making a conscious effort? Let me like get all in on LinkedIn because it's 
it's important? I think somehow the algorithm, I call him algorithm Bob, he recommended I listen to Note to File podcast. And I was trying to explore certain things. Once I heard Note to File, that's, that's what did it. Note to File was like the gateway podcast. So it was like this rabbit hole. And then I started seeing what Brad was doing. And then I started seeing who commented on Brad's comments. And I started following those people. And before you know it, I get into the rabbit hole with everyone else in the industry. So that's, <laughs> I, I do the trigger and, you know, it, it hasn't been long ago chronologically, but it feels like it's been so long ago. It feels like so long. I actually remember now you reached out to me. I didn't really know who you are. You're part of my Christmas name. song, right? Yeah. And I was like, yeah. dude. I don't know if I want to sing, man. What is this guy asking me to do? I don't even know him. And then I said, no, sorry, man. Like, but maybe like we'll do an interview or something because mm -hmm. people keep recommending you, but I don't know what you're going to do with my song. I have no idea what you're going to put together. <laughs> and then I did it after I interviewed you. I did. It. I'm like, oh, this guy's cool. He's not going to do anything bad. No. So just I <laughs> put it in perspective. That would have been September or October. 20, 21 22 21 last year no i the christmas song i've only known year. you for that's what i'm saying is that's how rapidly it moved i've only known you like nine months not Seriously. even nine months yeah that's crazy that's... man i feel like you're like a good friend and even though i never met you so wow this is, actually, this is an interesting <laughs> analogy to the book i find the faster things move the better off you're gonna be and it's just like that. It's like when something works out, I mean, you just, you go all in, mm -hmm. you focus on it 100% and every minute that you spend on it is going to feel like so much more impact. And just like now, now that I'm starting to put the numbers to it, it's like, wow, I mean, I, it's amazing how much has exploded since last. I was like, it's September. at least been like a year and a half. Nope. Because that the Christmas <laughs> song, it was last year. Dude, when you're doing this stuff, a week ago seems like three months ago. <laughs> Man, I yeah. can't remember the videos I did a week ago. Honestly, mm -hmm. I can't. How long does it take you to find like one of your memes you did six months ago? Oh, I did a meme on that. I actually started Man. a folder of memes because I was tired of looking for them. I bet I'm not that organized. I batch memes on my iPhone and then I have so much <laughs> stuff in my camera reel. I'm like, like things get lost. Yeah. I'll find something like six months ago and I get bored. I just go through my camera reel. I'm like, oh, I never posted that one. Let me do that one. That's but crazy. That, so what it ended up being was I just, and you'll see if you buy it on Amazon, I made it as cheap as possible. I'm not even in it for money anymore. It's literally just, uh, okay, you get Is fired. Kindle? Did you make a Kindle? Yep. It's on Kindle. Yep, it's on by the. Kindle. I just got the new Kindle uh, <laughs> reader. It's really cool. The scribe. Live like oh. a career cowboy. How to successfully navigate the great professional frontier. We'll have to. They're asking for a link. I don't. Have Can it you on post me. the link? I Amazon. will. Ruth, uh, Doctor Fox will. But this is just search this. Live like a career cowboy. You'll find it. Yeah, it'll be yeah. there. And then, uh, people said it's. They already bought it. So, yeah, we sold at least one book during this live. Hey, so to anyone who bought the book, it means a lot to me. Um, buy it for yourself. Again, yeah. don't buy it for me. I'm not going to make a whole lot of money on it, but that's my contribution to society. I don't want you to feel like you're alone. And uh, people have gone through it before, and uh, hopefully it can help you. Thank you, Dr. Fox. Um, no problem, Dan. 
I know you got a jam, so I'll let you go, but I appreciate you coming on. I think it's important to hear because people see you now, like new people following you. They're like, oh, this dude's successful, you know, but it's important to hear the origin story. Mm-hmm. And it's far from a straight path to success, man. <laughs> I mean, to say the least, personal things aside, just your career. Mm hmm insane tumultuous rocky so i i love this but a lot of people say i just don't have enough time to listen to all of the content out there and they say that as a result of me asking them if they've heard the podcast my podcast so you people don't like the podcast because there's no video to it but there's a reason for that especially because I have an audiology background. I really believe in like when you listen and only listen to things, it helps you to focus on the words more. Mm. How do you feel about the podcast? I love your podcast, man. I was going to tell you yesterday, like you're, I listen to yours in the shower. Uh, so I'm, <laughs> okay. I'm finishing up. I'm, I have a loudspeaker in my bathroom. So I just like put on podcast when I shower mm-hmm. morning, morning and night. Uh, and I've, I'm listening to your one with uh, eSource. So I'm finishing that up. One. Yep, that's a good I heard. One. The, I heard the PI talk. Forgot her name. I'm sorry, Doctor Gun. Amazing. Yep. And then I hear hear Raymond, my boy Raymond. Mm-hmm. So I'm, we're like wrapping up his part. I like how you, as someone who does podcast and does not edit, like mm-hmm. I edit nothing, man. Unless someone like just screws up in the interview, I don't edit. Or if I screw up, you your edits like you take out every space. Like this space right here, where no one says anything for a second, <laughs> it's gone. Fox takes it out, yeah. and those are things people don't hear unless they know what a podcast is. Mm-hmm. Like I know because I have mine, and I don't take those out. I kind of, for me, I kind of like the silence. Sometimes it's like conveys yeah. a message too. But in your case, it's like you're very respectful of people's time. Boom, 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 boom. You're not gonna like mess around, and the way you set it up, which. <laughs> There's no way I would ever do this because it takes way too much organization and work. But you've got one perspective. You've got another perspective on the same topic so that you, the listener, can judge. Okay, I'm hearing two different people talk about the same thing. Sometimes they agree. Sometimes they don't. And you have nothing to do with the outcomes. Like, it's all wild, natural. And the the listener can decide, hey, yeah, you know what? I agree mm-hmm. with this, or I like what this person said about this same topic. It was good that you had two people on because I would have never considered that perspective. Your mm-hmm. podcast is unique, man. I was going to text you yesterday. Uh, I just didn't have that. I was in the shower, but if we could voice text from the shower, it would have been great. <laughs> yeah, I do. That's, <laughs> it's, it was designed to be a scientific experiment every podcast. A social, I love it, man. Social experiment. I and love it's it. working. It's doing okay. Yours and Brad's. Brad's I was awesome even too. thinking, man. I was thinking this. And I was going to tell Robert Goldman, maybe this is his his cross to carry. But sites are pretty well represented now with you, me, Brad. I don't know who else is doing from sites. These yep. are the three I know. What about sponsor and CRO? I haven't heard, have you, a CRO podcast? Like a oh. version of us of a CRO? No, I, I don't think you know. I take it back. There is one, Catawaba. I just haven't listened. They're okay. like a mid-sized derm specialized um, 
shout out to them. Actually, I had a study with them. We didn't do that well on them. Not my fault, guys, by the way. Like, my bad. But their podcast, I got to give them props. They have a good podcast. So more, but more like them, you know, uh, and then from a sponsor level too. I have, a, so I, it, it's no secret now, but Dan Otap from Gen and Tech will be on CRP and Central in the next episode. Right. But like, where's, but, where's Gen and Tech pod? Where's like, see, I, I wonder if they have pod. a lot of corporate red tape they'd have to go through to get that. Okay. Done. But like a smaller then, like a smaller biotech, like where's lineage cell yeah. therapeutics pod? You we know, there's CEO. That. Bring them in. I got LCTX founder CEO next week on, but he won't do his own pod. I mean, yeah. he's too busy, but he can hire someone to do a pod for them. Yeah. We, so I don't understand why sponsors haven't jumped on this, like small sponsors. I get why the big ones haven't, but the smaller yeah. ones got less to lose. I mean, there's more upside to gaining awareness on your company than to lose. Like when you're Eli Lilly, I get it. You're going to have a safe podcast. Mm-hmm. Like, let's all be friends, guys. Let's yeah. kumbaya. Can't let go of IP. You don't want to give away secrets and all that stuff. <laughs> well, someone like Lily or Pfizer, I mean, they would make podcasts like collaboration is key. Here we have a guest on about collaborating. Even that would be good, but they don't <laughs> they don't do that stuff. You know? Yeah. But like the smaller well, biotech, I feel they can make more interesting stuff that we would actually want to listen to. And I'd listen to it because I want to know more about the sponsors. I want to know how to help. Yeah. Them. Like yours, I have a long day after work. I just went to the site all day, took put out a bunch of fires, went to shoot my own pod, went to shoot one with my sub eye, Dr. Josho. I love that guy. And then I came home. You would think the last thing I want to do is listen to clinical research stuff. What do I do in the shower? Turn on yours. <laughs> listen to a pod. Because I want, <laughs> I want to. Mm-hmm. But if yours was boring, I wouldn't. So there's something yeah. about putting yourself out there that makes it interesting. Mm-hmm. You can't just be safe, cliche. No one's going to listen to that. Anyways, I don't think anyone cares about the podcast. No worries. Importantly, Dan, thank you for asking me about the book. It was definitely a labor of love, and I really hope it can help people. Yeah, man. Everyone go get it. Follow Dr. Fox. I'll have the link to his LinkedIn underneath. Or maybe I'll, you want me to link to the book underneath sure. instead this time? Yeah. So I'll have fine. the link to the book underneath and in the show notes. Live like a career cowboy for those listening. How to successfully navigate the great professional frontier. Link in the show notes. Thank you, Dr. Fox. Thank you, Dan. Thank you so much.